Hi, I'm Rachel Roerig. And I'm Heidi Schamberg. And this is the Market Meets Podcast. We are here to introduce you to the people behind the marketplace. The owners, entrepreneurs, investors, and community leaders who are driving the real estate economy and transforming our community. Their stories are unique. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories will make you see your community in a brand new light. These are the people behind the market. So we know, like really know, that everyone knows at least three residential real estate agents. What most people don't know is a badass podcasting residential and investor real estate agent. Our guest today is a badass, not only for his career, but more importantly, for his love and passion for helping others. He started or helped others start badass real estate investor meetups across the front range. He hosts a podcast called The Millennial Real Estate Investor and is so passionate about helping people. He had the patience and charisma to help us start our podcast. He's a dad of two young daughters and still makes time to sit here with us today. Welcome to the Market Meets Podcast. We're just so excited to meet you. We're here talking today with Dan Mackin, an original badass with Millennial Real Estate Investment and Red Hawk Properties, Mm -hmm. kind of the man of all trades, doing lots of stuff right now. He might even tell us a little bit later about all the 1,200 pounds of doors he's picking up tomorrow. (laughs) And about his amazing podcasting skills. Thanks to him, we are set up and running. (laughs) We are fresh. Okay. So... (laughs) Dan, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yay, we're so happy <laughs> to have you here. We appreciate you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business. Well, which business? Well, I want to hear about why you're picking up doors. Let's start what? there. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a normal real estate thing. So one of the worst things I can possibly do is, as an agent myself is agreeing to help with projects on a house after they've closed. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, after they've closed. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it, ambitious. So, well, oh, every... Free labor? Man, in man a sense, labor? Well, I, I like building things. And so I find if I can either help for like closing gifts, sometimes I'll buy people. Oh, I like that. Things that are... If I give you a gift card, you won't remember me. Yeah. If I give you doors that you're going to open every day that are unique, that's something you might remember me for. Oh, that's Especially smart. like 1,200 pounds of them. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's extra. And that's an estimate at the moment. Oh, but just we an have the Tomorrow I'll be picking up four doors that are four and a half feet by eight feet. Awesome. Um, and they're barn doors. Oh, my gosh. And is this a client that you helped sell or buy? buy this home? one's actually in-laws. Oh, okay. Conveniently. Perfect. So this one I'm doing it just because it's family. It's but I've family. done barn doors in the past and... It's it's a good way to support some people we know that build them, sure. As well as doing it as kind of a fun closing gift for other folks as well. So I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. Again. So what? Let's close something because we could use a barn door here. Yeah, you could use a barn. <laughs> Why not? We could find some room for one. Yeah, just put it over the windows so you can go into your yeah, cave. Exactly. There you go. Ah, yeah. Leave your sunlight. We have some good for our podcasting. <laughs> awesome. Let's talk a little bit about your millennial real estate investing because that kind of relates with the podcast in Mm -hmm. general. That's how we kind of circled back here. But what was the catalyst for starting that group? Um, Well, so for starting the millennial real estate investor, that was specifically based on the fact that I've found and my partners found that we really enjoy helping people. That's a big piece of why we do what we do. And the most underserved and heaviest growing market within investing is millennials. millennials you know as much as baby boomers like to put us down whatever it may be we are taking over everything that they did but we're doing it better because we have automation involved so we're yeah. not doing everything manually and so we just felt that there was kind of this underserved market of millennials who needed to understand better how to invest from a perspective of somebody who is newer into it or like somebody who you know it's not like here's how i did it 20 years it ago nobody gives a damn like mm-hmm. here's things don't change, but they do. Sure. 
with real estate technology is a big piece of it. And so we wanted to kind of say, you know, here's how to do it in the modern era based on people who have been doing it recently. So you're not getting old, old stories right. that may or may not be relative now. Right. Like obviously the range of millennials is, you know, it's 18 years is the kind of gap we've I know, given. I feel like it keeps getting bigger. To <laughs> know, but anyway. Like, you're a millennial. You're like, a millennial. Yeah, yeah. it keeps going. But, we, okay. We've specified ours to 1980 to 1998. So depending what? which website you look at, yeah. we might be wrong, but we wanted, we just said that like, that's our range. That's who you're capturing. Yeah. How would I put this? If you're in 1981, mm-hmm. somebody who did in 1980, it's not like you're going to be vastly different in how you did things. It's very different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very so true. we specified it that we joked at the beginning that we would do wise elder episodes for a while where we'd bring on somebody who was 40 at the From point. From like 1979. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like December. Yeah. yeah like, I like that. The part, the, we brought on my partner who runs the meetups with me okay. and he was technically an elder. We just kept forgetting yes. to call him that in the episode. Oh, I, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't disappointed. But no, he thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't mind at all. So okay, we found that it's a great way to help folks teaching them what we need to teach them. Right. And we've been getting great feedback from it, which is a big piece of it for us. Is like, you know, we, we're getting messages from people overseas who are in the military saying like, you know, I've been trying to get into this and trying to, how can I get into it? Or this has been really helpful to other folks who, you know, say I got started because I found your show and we started listening to it. So it's like, we've been in that show for a year now and had great growth with it. And just the general feedback, like at the end of the day, we all need to make money. Sure. But the reason we're doing this is because it's helping. Mm-hmm. And we find that you can actually make money while actually helping people without having to force it. Right. And so in this, we're finding that we're helping people make their lives better and make them easier. We are able to make money doing it. And it's something that at the end of the day, we're just, we're feeling fulfilled from it. You know, getting those messages is one of the biggest things you can get. When no. else do you get that no. response of like, Not you know, often. oh, thank you so much for the help on this. Or like, I couldn't have done this if I hadn't come across your thing, whatever That's it may amazing. be. It's a win-win for everyone. Yeah in those conversations or those thank yous that you get back, what is the one piece of advice, maybe your most favorite piece of advice that you give people, but also what you're finding that people are receiving best? The biggest piece I think is actually just to get started. I will call myself slightly hypocritical on that too. There's plenty of times I've tried to start and things have fallen through for one reason or another. Sure. And I, I always have to tell people that. Like, I'm not here saying that I'm this expert in everything. Right. But I did at least try. Like, I went out, I made offers, I did other things, and they fell through for a slew of reasons. And that's just been our biggest piece is, like, you can come up with excuses to not do anything. Sure. If we could have come up with a slew of excuses not to podcast. Right. We tried. Yeah. You guys tried to come up with a lot of reasons. <laughs> we, we tried for a, a long time. Yeah. yeah. And, well, here we are. But we found that like that's just the biggest piece is like pushing people just to get that first one because yeah, if you bit. get right. your first deal, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it makes like you look at it and you go, oh, this is not that hard. Right. Like it didn't take that much and that that fear. You've gotten over that hump and it just goes. Yeah. And so you know we do say like research, like you know get some knowledge because if you go in completely blind, that's one thing. But you need to have something. Right. Sure. Totally. There is a point that you just don't go anywhere. You're like, oh, I know everything. You're like a Jeopardy contestant, contestant right? where you know a bunch of stuff, but it's completely useless. Right. Like Until it, you apply it. Really. I feel like knowledge in general is like that. Like you have to do it to yeah. get it. Yeah. If and you that's, go on Jeopardy, that's the only time you're going to make money with that knowledge. Right. I've never ever just heard of that analogy. People. That's perfect. That, that's my analogy. Like, mm-hmm. well, cause you feel smart when you watch Jeopardy and you're like, right. I got that answer. Right. right. When is that actually useful? Like, when do yeah. you apply it? Right. It's just so you can have conversation. Mm-hmm. So with this, it's the same with investing. If you have the knowledge, but you don't execute on it, nobody Who cares. cares right? Yeah. Right. So with that, how has everything changed over time? Like, how's your vision changed over time? 
in general with life and with business, it's come down to, at first, I'm always pursuing money to some extent. But as I've progressed through this, I'm finding that I'm building things specifically around the enjoyment side of it Mm -hmm. more than just the money side. So, you know, I do decent numbers in my real estate business. I, you know, I have, I do fine. But at the end of the day, I'm starting to remove the things that take a lot of time that I don't enjoy because I don't want to be the person who brings it home and like has, you know, stressing out around my kids or other things like that. And there's some things you can't avoid, you know, it's going to come up no matter what, but people have been calling me more of like a lifestyle entrepreneur more lately. I would generally agree more with that. I have a simpler life in terms of what I want and need. Does that change if you make more money and you can support it? Yeah. But for the most part, I'm totally fine riding my bike. I'm totally fine just hanging out with my kids at the park. You know, there's not a lot that I really need other than some good food once in a while. And we cook. So I found that at the beginning, it was like, I'm going to hit this huge goal. I'm going to hit this huge goal. But now it's, I've more had to reflect back on what does that goal actually look like? Mm -hmm. And is that even what I'm trying to do with my life? Right. What does that bring you? Exactly. Good, powerful advice, people. Yeah. For everyone Mm -hmm. of all ages to really think about what, what actually is important and then make that your priority. Yeah. Versus just setting, yeah, huge goals and making that happen. It's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you obviously give back to the community by, you know, working with millennials and, you know, that's a part of give back is, you know, teaching and educating. And I think that's really, I mean, it's a very powerful, important piece. Is there anything else that you pride yourself in with the community? And it doesn't have to be necessarily like money related, like giving (laughs) back that way, but just in general, like what community are you a part of and how do you support that community? Well, so most of the communities I'm like, you know, there's local communities, just like eerie things like that. I've, mm-hmm. I've found fun in trying to get people to be more neighborly by putting on movie nights and things of that sort, just to add a little bit more. You know, I grew up playing street hockey on right. Thursday nights and nobody yeah. does that now. Right. So my way of kind of giving back was by doing those events and just getting people out of their houses and whatever it may be. And so like on the local scale, I've tried it to that level. And I find that even if I didn't need to do it for business, I would still do it because I kind of enjoy being the one who is people say like I've been, I was called a connector the yes, other day. Yes, you're like, a natural connector. I, just, I, I like bringing people together. I like having that community. And that that's obviously kind of skewed into other things as well. So whether it was for the neighborhood or the podcast or even, you know, we were on a meetup for investors in Denver and Heidi helps out with the one here in Boulder for commercial and other things like that as well. Like it's all just about bringing people together, even to the point where we tried to figure out about a week ago, I finished up a book and I was like, as it was part of the whole lifestyle thing. Yeah. And I realized, what can I do to accentuate what we're already doing? And right now, you know, our meetup is just, it's social hour. It's, it's to learn, but by talking to talking people. To you, right. So how can we present more information to people without ruining why people come to ours in the first place, which is not to be pitched. So we are now in the middle of planning out our first, we'll call it a TED Talk for real estate investors. So we'll do that in Denver in the next couple of months where... It's going to be awesome, awesome, guys. Yeah, full production. So it'll be, you know, at a theater we'll have a speaker who is there not to pitch you to truly just give you knowledge educate That's exactly awesome. mm-hmm. and then there'll be drinks involved in it like it'll be just one of those events where you're paying 10 to 15 bucks but you get to go on a monday or tuesday night you get to actually learn something and not leave questioning the validity of what the person said because at the end they tried to sell you something right that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. that's really cool i haven't heard of anything like that in real estate so that's fun yeah and it won't be in a brown conference room with brown chandeliers and red chairs and but why not because you know, uh. everybody <laughs> has so much fun totally with kidding that. But. Drinks, so i'm in i mean i'm there yeah they got bar done 
Guys, I just want to tell you too that in many of Dan's awesome, he is a natural connector and uh, beyond the neighborhood movie night and garage sale day and all sorts of fun things that he organized, he also has big wheels for adults, <laughs> okay? And he organizes races. So you should probably think about joining the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a, four adult big wheels in the garage that I bought for no other purpose than just running events because it was fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I want to come. <laughs> we'll share some information about the next one whenever, whenever that <laughs> When be. it comes around. Yep. Absolutely. Look in the notes. Yep. Well, yep. Exactly. In our notes section. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, I wanted to ask a few more things, I think, before we close up. Mm -hmm. How is social media taking over your life? We want to talk about this from the millennial aspect, real estate aspect, but just human, human aspect. So I actually removed Facebook and everything else from my phone a couple months ago. I found when you're in a space, especially like entrepreneurial or other things like that, you have a hard time not constantly comparing yourself to other business owners, entrepreneurs, things of the sort. And the people I've kind of befriended and become associated with mm -hmm. are killing it compared to me. Like, I'm still doing great, but they're pushing to a whole different level, and it's hard not to constantly compare yourself to that. So I've found that I've, like, slowly phasing back into it where I need to pull back from it again. Sure. But I found that half of my day I was just spent on Facebook doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Do I find great benefit from it? There can be. Maybe, but it probably doesn't outweigh the... Well, yeah, my question is, right. are they killing it in, in real life or are they killing it on social media life? Both. It's pretty easy within this business to see through the facade, facade. that people put mm -hmm. up. Um, so there are the ones I know that are legitimately doing it and there's the ones I know that are doing it because people who aren't, don't have the ability to see through the facade will believe them. So, you know, I've been in it four years. I've been in, I've been building a community for four years and have met the entire range of people and so I know which ones pretty quickly are telling the truth and which ones are just there to make themselves seem big. And it's something that, at the end of the day, social media is here to stay. But there are a lot of problems associated with it that I don't think people are fully aware of yet. It always makes me laugh when software programmers don't have a lot of apps on their phone. Hmm. Like most programmers I know that build apps and build other things of the sort, when you ask them, they say, yeah, I read books. That, yeah, has to totally that has to tell you something. Totally counterintuitive. Tell you something. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> awesome. I love that. No, it's. Good I actually advice. took Facebook off my phone too. It was very liberating. And did it make you realize how often you were picking your phone up to look at nothing? Yes. Yeah. And honestly, for me, I found. I know this isn't about me, but I'm just gonna <laughs> put it in there. But for me, I realized like when I'm like the loneliest, like when I'm like waiting for somebody to call me back or like waiting to go do something like hmm. in my loneliest moments, I'm on social media and I'm like, that's kind of sad. Mm -hmm. So okay. I'm going to actually fill it with something else because it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I think the right after I removed it from my phone, um, I had my brother's bachelor party and I had removed it from my phone. I remember I woke up at like 6am cause I've got kids. And so I'm just mm -hmm. on that clock. Yeah. And so everybody else there doesn't have kids, so they're all sleeping till 10, 10 a.m. Right. I, it's 6 a.m. I don't want to go anywhere or get breakfast yet, so I'm right. just sitting on a couch, unaware of what to do. Right. <laughs> Twiddling your thumbs. Can't, like, literally. Yeah, normally I'd pull up my phone yeah. and play with Facebook or something else. Right. So I literally went to my car, uh -huh. grabbed a book, wow. and started reading the People. book. Yeah. yeah. It, it forced me things. to do it. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay, well, as we start to you know wrap up our questions about business... I just, more personal questions. Mm -hmm. So if you could give your 20-year-old self advice, what would you say and why? 
don't eat as much pizza while living in Boulder with five roommates. Um, <laughs> that, would, that would be number one. Um, second would be, like, I, I don't have much advice I would give to myself at that age. Like, as much as I might feel like I'm behind compared to certain people or ahead compared to others, I, I've kind of enjoyed the fact that I've screwed up in the ways I've screwed up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are there minor things that could change that may have made a difference? Yes, but at the end of the day, I am the person I am because of how I screwed up. Totally get that. So, yep. yeah, there's a lot of the things that, whether it be through my relationship or business that I do now, mm-hmm. if I hadn't screwed up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done them and I wouldn't have kind of realized which path I need to take. Yep. That's powerful because that's not the normal uh, advice that no, somebody would give, which is there's awesome. Not there's a lot there's not a normal, but I feel like other people would be like, I would have, uh, uh. I like yours best. I, I like to ask people when they ask those questions or when they answer those questions with this like really profound thing that's about changing themselves in the past. Right. I have to ask them like, because our question, we asked one that's similar, it's for 16 year olds. And I always have to joke with them like, would your 16 year old self have even listened to you right. if you had given that's them that thing. advice? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Get started in real estate investing earlier. What 16 year olds can be like, get yeah, real estate. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They don't even really understand what that is. No, exactly. I totally agree with that. And I agree with like all our paths, everything that we do, it leads us to right where we are. So if you're happy with where you are now, then you have to be happy with everything that led up to it. Yep. Yeah. So you like pizza, but what are, what else do you like in Boulder, like restaurant wise? Can you tell us your favorite restaurant here? I know uh, you like good food. Yeah. My favorite coffee shop is Village, Village Coffee Shop. Okay. I'm not a fancy food type person in that sense. Yeah. Like I like just good, simple food. Right. And I've been going to Village Coffee Shop for what, 14 years now. Wait, did you go to CU? No. Oh, okay. You just hung out in Boulder? I'm not a college kid at all. I mean, we went to CU. That was in (laughs) quotations, guys. No, like, we started going to Village Coffee Shop back when I was introduced to it by a couple friends. We'd go... We'd go to Village Coffee Shop, and then we'd go cliff diving up by Boulder Falls. Nice. And then we'd come back down and hang out from there. And eat pizza. And go to Cosmos for pizza. (laughs) Are the hash browns your favorite? Uh... Yes, when they're nice and crispy. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm still a big fan of the French toast. Oh, yeah. That's mine there. So since you do your own podcast and you're like a podcast <laughs> connoisseur, what's your favorite podcast to listen to? Mm. I, I mean, besides yourself, obviously. I mean, obviously. And bigger pockets, probably. That's a hard one to answer. So the, the hard part about podcasts is I've stopped listening to them nearly as much now that I run one. I'm much more into audiobooks now than I am into podcasts. Oh. What's your favorite book that you've read recently? Life or and all- Air. Life and Air? Life and Air. So it's like millionaire, but with the word life instead of oh. mill. Oh, I like it. Does it go with your whole like lifestyle entrepreneur? Yeah, it's a whole Maybe. story of somebody who is pursuing all these different goals, but they don't really have a reason why. And to get to those goals, they're just putting themselves more and more and more in debt hmm. to where it's always like, oh, if I just make a little bit more money, I'll get to this. If I make a little bit more money, I'll get to this. And then they start meeting people who seem really happy and they can't figure out why. And it's very simple things in that. So it's a, it's a good book, I think, for anybody to read. My meetup partner gave it to me three years ago, oh. and I just... But he gave me a physical version. I have a hard time reading physical books. Right. And I finally got it on Audible, listened to it, and I called him a few days ago and said, thanks for giving me that. And he paused for a second. He goes, didn't I give that to you like three <laughs> years ago? You're like, shh, yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, but thank you for giving it to me either way. Either way. Yeah, it's a great one. It's amazing. And then I guess last question, uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and get in touch with you? Well, so there's a couple things. If you're looking on the real estate residential side, investing, um, that's at redhawkteam.com. For the podcast, it's millennial-realestate.com. 
And if you want to come out and you're just interested in real estate investing in general, um, again, whether you come to, we have meetups in Erie, Northern Colorado and Windsor. We have one in Denver. We have one in Denver Tech Center. We have one in Boulder. They're all over. And that you can find on Meetup if you search for badass real estate. It's pretty simple to find. Great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, we Dan. We so appreciate you. You're, You're the best. You're a badass. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting us share Dan with you. Check out Meetup for all of the badass real estate investor Meetup locations and tune in to his podcast. Also, check out his bio and contact information on our website and in the comments. So we know, like really know, that everyone knows at least three residential real estate agents. What most people don't know is a badass podcasting residential and investor real estate agent. Our guest today is a badass, not only for his career, but more importantly, his love and passion for helping others. He started or helped others start badass real estate investor meetups across the front range. He hosts a podcast called the Millennial Real Estate Investor and is so passionate about helping people. He had the patience and charisma to help us start our podcast. He's also a dad of two young daughters and still makes time to sit here on our podcast and talk to us. Thanks for letting us share Dan with you. Check out Meetup for all the badass real estate investor meetup locations and tune in to his podcast. Also, check out Dan's bio and contact information on our website and in the comments.